I want you to turn to your neighbor um, uh, or somebody on the table with you and just reflect on a, a moment or some moments in your life where a decision that you made changed everything. Uh, and just to warn you, if you're sat with your spouse and the person you're married to, if you don't mention them, you might have a very quiet lunchtime. So turn to the people with you uh, and just talk about a moment or some moments in your life where a decision you made changed everything, just for a couple of minutes. If you could begin to draw uh, that discussion to a close. If you haven't had a chance to share now, then you can share after the service, I'm sure. And I wonder when that decision was made and when that moment happened in your life, who the first person to know was? When you perhaps got engaged, who was the first person you phoned to tell? When you uh, conceived that child, who was the first person? When you got that job, that promotion, uh, or whatever it was, who was the first person uh, to find out? Well, we're going to look at uh, Paul this morning and looking at the, uh, the moment in his life where everything changed. And it's a moment I'm sure uh, we know well. Before we get to that, though, uh, I just want to look a little bit about Paul's method for making the gospel of Jesus Christ known. Paul uh, used a number of different ways uh, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And they, they vary greatly in, in how he did it. And we read about it in his letters, in how he writes to the churches, but also in how we read about how he ministered in the book of Acts. And there were times when Paul would use uh, the culture around him uh, to proclaim the good news of Jesus. One of my favorite uh, encounters with Paul is when he's in Athens and he's walking around it's in Acts 17, if you want to look it up later. And he's walking around this, this courtyard that's just full of temples to all kinds of gods and goddesses. And, and he is walking around looking for an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus. And he comes across a statue that is named to the unknown God. And he says, I want to tell you about that one. And then he proclaims the gospel using that culture. Absolutely amazing. Sometimes uh, he uses the Jewish law uh, and building on the Jewish law to tell the good news of Jesus, uh, as we see in Acts as well. At other times, he might use uh, theology or doctrine or just to unpack what God has done, as he does a lot in Romans. And then there's times when he uses even opposition to the gospel to point to the truth of the gospel. We see that a little bit in Galatians. But I think one of the most effective methods that Paul uses for sharing the good news of Jesus is the difference that it made to his own life. There are a number of times that Paul says, you know, look at my life, look at what God did in me. And people often, I think, misrepresent Paul and claim that as him being quite um, up on himself and talking about himself a lot, a little bit arrogant. I don't see that in Paul at all. What I see in Paul is a man who has been so blown away by the love of Jesus, he can't stop thanking God for what he's done in his life and telling other people about it. I have a friend who is a recovering alcoholic, and he had an incredible encounter with God that saved his life, completely saved his life. And there has never been a time where I've met him where he's not been speaking about how grateful he is for what God has done. Never. Uh, he's my hairdresser. I get my hair cut regularly. And every time he's thanking God for what he's received. Because he just can't help himself. Because what he's received has been so great. 
And look at Paul. Let's look at his life. We know, I'm sure, that formerly he was known as Saul. Um, He was a tent maker by day, and his hobby was killing Christians. And he was really good at it, really very good at it, respected across the area that he worked in and actually further afield for what he did. We just heard about a soldier who had hatred in his eyes as he pointed a gun uh, at some missionaries uh, just in that story that we've just heard. Paul would be much the same as that, with absolute anger and hatred, because as far as he was concerned, these Christians were blasphemers and were speaking up against the God that he believed in and that he worshipped. And he felt a call from God, or he thought he felt a call from God to wipe them out, to finish them completely. It was merely a hobby on top of his day job, but he was incredibly respected for it. He was a a murderer. Uh, And he... uh, Uh, thought that he was wiping out the blasphemers, little did he know that he himself was the one who was failing to see the truth of Jesus. But then Saul has the encounter with the risen Jesus on the road. Incredible story of where Jesus reveals himself to Paul in this incredible light and asks him, Saul, why do you persecute me? Why are you persecuting me? And over the course of the next few days, as Paul has encounters with various other people, he gives his life to Jesus, the very person who he's been uh, persecuting. He surrenders his life and everything changes in that moment. And I mean everything changes in that moment. The very people that Paul was working for to kill Christians, he was now running from. And he was an incredible minister of the gospel. His life was completely changed. He traveled the world telling people about Jesus. He planted churches. Uh, It's the very last thing that anyone around him would have considered him doing, those who knew him. And that's why whenever he's writing about what God has done in his life, it's always from that place of gratitude. I am grateful to Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he judged me faithful and appointed me to his service. This is Paul who describes himself as the worst of sins because of the life that he had lived before. And what he had received from God was mercy. And grace. And he says he received that because he was acting ignorantly. He didn't understand what he was doing. You know, when Jesus died on the cross and he said, Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing, the same was true of Paul. He thought he was doing what was right by God until he met Jesus, and then he realized the wrong he was doing, and he received mercy and grace from God. And that grace is absolutely outrageous when you think about it. Because just think about it humanly for a moment. From a human point of view, think of everything that Paul deserves for what he'd done in his life. Think about the punishment he deserves. Think about the outcast he should be. But then look at what he receives from God. Grace, forgiveness, love, acceptance, identity, purpose, hope, life. Even a new name. That's why grace is so outrageous. So unbelievable. You know, if you were God, would you do it that way? Probably not. 
But Jesus did. And the life that he offers Paul changes everything for him. Even his very name and identity. And everything he does is then found in Jesus Christ. And everything he's done is motivated from that point of gratitude for what he himself has received. And he travels the world telling the story of Jesus in his own life. And when people are doubting whether it's real, when people are questioning and arguing his theology, when people are are arguing the scriptures with him, he will say, look at my own life. Look at what Jesus has done in me. Look at what I was before and look at who I am now. Would I really give myself up like that for something that is merely a myth or a tale? No, this is the very truth of God. And he is transforming lives even today. Just listen to how he describes what he has received from God. I have received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and with the love that are in Jesus Christ. Is that not a beautiful description of what we've received? Overflowing love of God poured out over all people, regardless of your age, regardless of your background, regardless of what job you have or don't have, regardless of where you come from, regardless of what you do now. It is an overflowing love of God that is poured out over all of his children at the cross. And a life that is given because of the resurrection of Jesus. And this is what Paul has received. It's the very last thing he deserved. But it's the very first thing God gave him. And we too, as those who believe in Jesus, have received that grace. And you may not consider yourself to be as bad as Paul. You probably, hopefully, haven't murdered anybody or killed Christians. But none of us deserve the grace we receive. Yet we receive it with gratitude. And our lives as a result should be different. But Paul's life wasn't different because he felt it should be. Paul's life wasn't different because people told him it should be different. It was different because Jesus had made a difference, had transformed his life. And he wanted to surrender everything and live for Jesus in total surrender and obedience. Does that mean Paul became perfect? No, we all know he didn't. But he was fully and totally surrendered to the person of Jesus wherever that led him, whatever that meant. And I don't think anybody who knew Paul before would have been able to look at him and deny that Jesus is real. I don't think it would have been possible. Earlier uh, this, uh, earlier last year, I um, carried out a wedding for a friend of mine and uh, she made a request of me. She said, what I want you to do, I've got friends from university coming who don't know Jesus. So can you preach the gospel at the wedding? Uh, What a privilege to be asked to do that. I mean, I do it at every wedding anyway, but uh, whether I'm asked or not, I will do it. Uh, But she specifically asked that I did. And I received a card from her last week. 
um, a few months over, they, uh, she married an Italian and they're now living in Italy. And uh, she sent me a card and in the card she says this. One of my friends from university said to me after that service, Helena, now I understand why you live so differently. Now, I don't say that as a testimony of what I preached. That's a testimony about Helena. The fact that her life was so radically different that her friends noticed that her life was different. They noticed that she had something that set her apart. And although they didn't understand it, and although they couldn't really grasp what it was until they heard the gospel of Jesus, they recognized that something was different about her. Can we say the same about ourselves? Can we say the same about our lives? Is Jesus making a transformative difference? Because you see, transformation in Jesus Christ is not a once-done act that you do when you come to believe. Transformation is a daily thing, of daily waking up and surrendering to the person of Jesus Christ and saying, here I am, Lord. Transformation is about seeking more of his spirit to bring more of the fruits of the spirit in our lives. It's about being in relationship with him on a daily basis. It's about when we mess up, picking ourselves up with God and moving forward with him. It's about seeking to be his witnesses on earth. Each of us has a story to tell. And that story is valuable in the kingdom of God. You know, I don't know what your story is. Maybe you've always had faith. Maybe you've had a radical experience like Paul did or my friend Rick did. Maybe you've had a slow journey of coming to faith. Maybe like C.S. Lewis, you were kind of argued into the faith. I don't really know what it is for you. But your story is important in the kingdom and it can make a difference to somebody else's life. Not just in how you tell it, but in how you live it. And how you live out the difference that Jesus has made. I often say that there's no such thing as a boring testimony. Uh, You may think, oh, well, I've always been a Christian. Well, if that is the case, don't forget what you've been saved from by always being a Christian. You know, when I came to faith at the age of 16, my very first thought was, why has nobody told me this before? So if you came to faith at the age of seven, consider that a blessing. And that is actually an incredible testimony of your parents as well, if they are the people who brought you to faith. And think how much encouragement that could give to other parents who are trying to bring up their children in faith to know that it's possible because of your story. And your story and telling your story and sharing your story is not limited by your age, by your background, by your work, by what you do, by who you are, by your health, by your illness, anything. None of those things can hold you back from sharing your story because people can argue with scripture. People can argue with theology. People can argue with church history, but they can't argue with your experience. Your experience of the risen Jesus Christ making a daily difference to your lives. And they couldn't for Paul. They couldn't look at him and deny that Jesus was real because the grace poured out from an overflowing love over Paul made a difference to his life and can make a difference to ours. It's a grace that we have received ourselves in Jesus. And the question really is, do our lives show that? Are we with our lives showing that Jesus makes a difference on a daily basis? 
in how we relate to one another, in how we relate to the world, in how we pray, in how we read, in how we live? Will people be able to look at you and know that Jesus makes a difference to your life? It's a challenge, isn't it? And when you look at Paul and you look at what he did with his life, you can start to feel a little bit insignificant and think, well, there's no way I could travel the world telling people about Jesus. Well, well, unless you're called to, there's no need to. Because your neighbour may not know Jesus. Your hairdresser may not know Jesus. You know, I talked about uh, Rick uh, and the transformation that he had. And he said that after he had that encounter, he would talk about it to anybody. He didn't really care. And he suddenly found out that there are all these Christians that he's been cutting their hair for years. And he never knew they were Christians. That's a challenge in itself, isn't it? But what do we have? Well, we have Jesus, the one who makes a difference. We have the Spirit uh, working with us, in us, through us, giving us opportunities, boldness, confidence whenever they come. We have the knowledge that we are sons and daughters of God, the perfect Father. We have a story to tell. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That means you, that means me. We have been saved. We have received grace from Jesus. Do our lives show that fact to those around us who need that grace for themselves? And just remind yourself, I want to urge you and encourage you uh, this afternoon, whatever your afternoon looks like. I don't know whether you have a, a busy afternoon with family coming over or a quiet afternoon, but I encourage you at some point today to sit down with these passages from 1 Timothy 12 again, uh, 1 Timothy 1 to uh, verse 12, and just read about the grace that Paul speaks of. And remember that you too have received that grace and can share it with your story, with your life, with those who need him today. Amen. Let's just have a, a, a moment's stillness before um, we continue with our service. And um, just to reflect on that question of whether my life shows the grace of Jesus. And it might be that this morning, as you've heard that, that's felt like a too, uh, almost too big a challenge, too heavy a burden. Maybe you know you're a long way from that. But I believe that being a Christian and sharing the love of Jesus with the world is not about having everything sorted before we go to Christ. But it's about going to Christ now and with him getting things sorted. So wherever you are with Jesus, let's just have a moment to commit to move one step closer. And Jesus, we thank you for your grace. The outrageous, crazy, 
your grace that you have poured out on us through Jesus. And as we receive that grace, we pray that you would transform our lives. And as we seek to surrender everything to you, thank you that we can trust you. And we pray that our lives may sing, tell, speak, and show the wonder of Jesus to those around us. Holy Spirit, come and help us in that we ask. In your name. Amen.